Remember the last time you tried to watch something on YouTube and you were forced to watch a 30-second ad that had nothing to do with your shopping behavior? Nothing. And then you had to watch it over and over again every time you try to watch a new video. Well, that happens to me pretty much every day. And ironically, as a person who works in advertising, and I'm sure it happens to you, when you spend time looking for references of inspiration and look for other ads or cool commercial films that I've done from the competitors, and in order to watch a really cool ad, you are forced to watch this unskippable 30-second crappy ad in order to watch the cool one. Think about it. You end up watching two ads in order to watch one. But doesn't it happen when you're so excited to show someone that funny, stupid, viral video on YouTube that everyone's talking about and you build up the anticipation and once you find the video and you're ready to hit the play button and then... Oh, wait. You just have to wait for this ad to be over. And that's when I ironically said, oh, fuck pre-roll ads. And then that's when I ironically remind myself, oh shit, I'm the one who makes these pre-roll ads. Hi, my name is Juan Leguizamon and welcome to Give a Fuck. And today's episode is called Skip This Ad, where we're going to talk about the future and the present of commercial interruptions in a world of streaming content. We have a couple of special guests from Dailymotion and Arena Media who will be talking to us about the latest trends that makes a commercial brand experience less invasive and more engaging, especially in the streaming platforms. So, as they say in the old traditional TV platform, don't go away or stay tuned. But no, don't worry, there are no commercial interruptions here, so, so it's cool. Give a fuck. I'm basing my thesis on this article I came across that is called Commercial Interruptions Then and Now that is written by Cynthia B. Myers, who is a professor of media studies in New York, who also wrote a book called A Word from Our Sponsor. And in this article, she reacts to a study that was done by Time Warner's uh, Thought Leadership Seminar for College Professors, where they state that audiences could tolerate commercial content during online viewing. Hmm, really? Well, their theory was based on the viewing behavior of an online audience that they were able to tolerate one or two ads while they're watching their content. So why not loading them with a lineup of at least eight ads, just like they normally do it in the traditional TV format. And the author of this article expressed her skepticism regarding this hypothesis, acknowledging that the viewer's behaviors evolves along with the accessible platforms that provides uninterrupted content. And furthermore, she adds, and I quote, audience toleration of commercial interruptions has evolved over the decades, and I believe it will continue to evolve, forcing advertisers and commercial television to change the face of competition for audience attention. And again, this study was done like in 2012. 
before the rise of the streaming giants took over and basically start dominating the industry. And oh boy, was she right. We don't need a detailed data to prove that now more than ever, people will be more inclined to pay a subscription to watch uninterrupted content. I mean, think about Netflix. Now it has about 200 million subscribers worldwide, and that's not even counting Disney Plus or the other competitors. However, that really says that there's a sacred platform where commercial space is not even implemented, but they are very influential. Now everything is a type of streaming platform. Just think of Quibi or IGTV or Facebook Watch, Snap Originals, even Tinder produce an interactive video experience within their platform and many others. And then who do we have left? A few of the most relevant content streamers that are still hot in the industry, that's right, YouTube, Dailymotion and Vimeo. Well, Vimeo can stay out of the conversation because they don't provide ads. But these two platforms are the ones where many brands and media buyers have their eyes on. And because of these specific platforms, we have redefined media ad spaces and identified new terms such as pre-rolls, five-second bumpers, or thumb-stopping intros, and more. But the ones that we want to concentrate today? The skippable ads. Well, with a generation of instant gratification and with the immediacy and access of content at people's fingertips, we can say that the lack of tolerance for commercials has definitely increased. And we'll be back in just that minute after a word from our sponsor. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello is the shampoo that glorifies your hair. So hello, everybody. Remember old worn out Halo shampoo? Well, we fixed it. Took the alcohol out. Put brand new non-dry. Give a fuck. I was always curious to know what was the clicking rate for the skip ad button. But you'll be surprised that it's not that high. Or at least that was what Thomas Allenbert, a VP sales representative at Dailymotion shared with us. However, whether that skipping feature isn't in high demand, they're still thriving to improve their streaming user experience to be more meaningful, engaging, and less disruptive from commercial interruptions. Here's Thomas to tell us more about it. First question is that, is there a number that you can think of of how many people get to skip ads at Dailymotion? And, and based on that number, what do you think that represents uh, for today's audience? So the figures that we observe at Dailymotion is quite low, uh, surprisingly low. Uh, it is around 30% uh, yeah. of the users skipping the ads. So it's not that much. Um, I guess this is also why we... we because we try to, to, to make this uh, figure as low as we can, um, because we're in the uh, uh, schizophrenia, if I may say, in this ecosystem. As users, we want to skip. Uh, we want to get as much as possible non-intrusive formats. Right, yeah. So, uh, so, so now, like, you know, just in a generation of, like, binge-watching culture where, you know, uninterrupted content formats has been offered, by streaming giants such as Netflix. I mean, do you think that uh, people will have less tolerance on tons of ads in these platforms? I think they already have less tolerance, to be honest with yeah. you. We've seen that in the past year with Adblock. Uh, we see that also with the, the, the success, the, the, um, 
the subscriptions uh, are making like Netflix or Apple Plus, etc. So I think the tolerance is already uh, has already uh, decreased uh, over the years. Uh, it's a work to 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 make the advertising acceptable uh, by uh, uh, trying to 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 change the way the user see the advertising to engage them more. So um, we have an example of a, a, a format that we try to be the best of both worlds, meaning non-intrusive for the user, but intrusive enough for uh, the um, for the advertiser. Uh, we call this format Go Fast, for, uh, sorry, Fast Impact, and it works like a Go Fast instead of a Skip button. So instead yeah. of skipping after three seconds and then you watch your content, you skip and then you have a pack shot that lasts for three seconds. So you can at least see the pack shot of the product or the offer of the advertiser, whatever, for three seconds. So it's less intrusive than being uh, non-skippable, um, but it's still a little more intrusive. So at least we can deliver the message, which is our mission. Um, can we talk about like that creative format that yeah you know that offers pre-existing pre-rolls? So against if a brand is not or they already made a film, but now they just want to have a cut down. But uh, this can be customized into a tailored experience uh, for the viewer in a way that is less invasive. Yes, so we have our own uh, studio internally uh, that is in charge of doing that, and the idea is to 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 find the right balance uh, between the standard pre-roll and the custom-made pre-roll. We, we want this to still be at scale. So this is why we're making some uh, slight changes uh, to make it uh, uh, faster in the validation process for the advertiser and the agency and uh, to be more efficient also, uh, again, at scale um, by delivering the message. So we can deliver this uh, with, uh, with our studio to have to start from the classic pre-roll that we see uh, or the in-stream that we see on a, a daily basis to enhance it with a skin pre-roll, for example, that can be very useful for showing the pack shot all along the uh, the commercial. We have an example with the industry of fragrance. The, the most important uh, topic for the fragrance industry is to show the product, to show the, 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 the bottle of the fragrance. It's more important than the smell of the fragrance itself. So this is why we, we tend to, to, to tell the, the, the fragrance advertisers to show their pack shot on the first uh, second of the, of the in-stream and to use this kind of formats to show it in a better way. Cool. So, so now let's jump into the tools that you guys offer because it, it, it seems like a, a huge variety of innovative tools that could enable a brand experience to be more memorable for the audience. And in a way, it feels like you guys are evolving the ad media space interruption into more engaging brand integration. The, so let's talk about those KPIs that actually prove that these tools are something that brands and advertisers can be uh, excited to consider moving forward. Yes. Um, so uh, uh, again, with those uh, uh, tools, we can monitor it with brand-list surveys uh, on every campaign and every format. So this is something very useful. So we can try to find the right spot with the uh, advertiser and the agency and we can change the setup of the campaign uh, along the way so um, this is uh, uh, something that we do uh, uh, again on a daily basis so uh, we came to a situation where 
10 years ago, we had 100% of our spots were just standard programs. And now we are in a situation where we have 40% of the in-stream formats that are customized. Uh, so it's a way better both for the advertiser so he can have uh, creative that is adapted to the to the online video um, and it's also better for the for the user to be really aligned with the user experience another example is the vertical pre-roll mm. vertical pre-roll is something that is very nice for the user because you have a smoother user experience because it's already in vertical when you're watching on your phone and for the advertiser Meaning that you have a vertical pre-roll means that you don't have the black uh, at the top and the, and the bottom of the video. So you get 67% more surface viewable on the screen. Mm. So mm. it's really better for both uh, parties here, the, the, the user and the advertiser. And I think that's really what we're trying to get here is uh, to, to get the tolerance, as you were saying at the beginning, uh, better and better. Uh, uh, thanks to the insights of the users and trying to also uh, um, take into account that the users are more and more educated. And so I guess, as you know, like, you know, 30 second ads are turning into 15 second pre-rolls and pre-rolls are turning into six second bumpers and so on. Can you imagine a future where the traditional 30 second TV spot can be obsolete instead of having an audience who's constantly avoiding ads can actually appreciate meaningful content or experiences that can be provided by a brand? Uh, I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, to be very honest with you, the last time I watched TV was the FIFA, the FIFA World Cup uh, final in July 2018. And the France won, by the way. Uh, so this <laughs> wow. is the last time I watched TV. Uh, so it was a little more than two years ago. Um, so I think uh, uh, for some people, it's already dead, the, 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 the classic 30 second hat. And we need to take that into consideration. Uh, you, as I, I said earlier, the users are more and more educated uh, in advertising. Uh, they've seen series, movies, read articles and books about advertising. So if you want to retain their attention, uh, you need to be really meaningful. When you see something beautiful, you want to stop a little and watch it and enjoy. I'd say let, let's give also uh, the control to the user uh, so he can be more tolerant because he has the control and he will still be interested if we have something interesting to tell uh, for him. Give a fuck. So, another way to integrate a brand without interruptions into a piece of content where it doesn't feel forced is by establishing a meaningful piece of storytelling with seamless brand integration. We know this format as sponsored content. However, when the intention of the content is to connect with the audience rather than just sell a product, that's when you gain the trust of the audience to let the brand take them through a journey and build a memorable content experience. Here's Stephen Fagioli, who's the Connections Planning Director at Arena Media in New York, to tell us about a partnership between an engaging digital cooking channel called Tastemade and the brand 1-800-Tequila. So it seems that like you guys have a strong belief in uh, non-traditional solutions for paid media. 
and which is based on your expertise on consumer behavior. So can, can, can you really expand on that and talk about what that consumer behavior is today and what that really represents? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of media, a lot of content out there <laughs> that we're all <laughs> consuming every day, every hour, every minute. So, you know, I think consumers have really innately kind of learned to tune out many forms of traditional advertising. So, um, you know, ads on TV can be fast forwarded now. Ads online can be skipped. Um, any display banners online are just ignored or scrolled past quickly. So, you know, part of our challenge over the past few years Um, and even beyond that, um, has been to find, you know, what tactics um, in media, you know, can reach consumers in a more meaningful way and make a more meaningful connection. So, um, so really we think about what value are we bringing the consumer with what we're, we're putting out there? Are we sharing something with them that gets them excited or is useful to them? Um, you know, these are kind of the type of questions that we should be asking ourselves, you know, I think that we do ask ourselves when we're planning for our clients. Cool. So. So I guess, uh, you know, let's just start talking about this partnership between uh, Tastemade and Proximo. And, and again, you know, for, for specifically for, for the audience that are not aware of uh, Tastemade, could you get a description of what that platform is and also why was this like a really good match between, uh, you know, uh, uh, Proximo and uh, Tastemade? Sure. So, yeah, Tastemade is a it's a digital food publication um, that creates original food and drink recipe videos. Um, just really of different cuisines from around the world. Um, and they use this sort of, a lot. I think a lot of people have probably seen it by now, This they call it hands in pan style. So, right, so like the aerial view of someone cooking with their hands there. So, um, so that, you know, it tends to kind of capture and engage viewers uh, more often than a traditional recipe video maybe in the past. So um, I think BuzzFeed actually, BuzzFeed and their tasty videos, they call them, um, at least in the US, I don't know how global that is, but they, they um, kind of made that, that style famous. But anyway, um, so Tastemade's content, you know, is really available across all social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Um, Pinterest, and then also now Apple TV, you can get their content, Roku, YouTube TV. So just, you know, a whole wide range, uh, array of, of uh, platforms. So their primary target audience is millennial age consumers, you know, maybe if you call that 25 to 40 years old now. Um, so uh, yeah, so I think 1800, uh, now shifting to the brand and how we kind of align with them, 1800 Tequila uh, recently shifted their positioning from you know, being a mostly lifestyle alignment uh, type of brand uh, to a more product focused message um, of their new, their new kind of tagline moving forward is the best taste in tequila. Um, so really highlighting the fact that their recipe for tequila has remained unchanged uh, since tequila was actually invented in the year 1800, right? So that's the brand story. Um, <clears throat> so the brand 1800 tequila hasn't been around since 1800, but you know, the actual recipe they use stays true to that original one in Mexico. So, um, so Tastemade's platform, you know, really provides us with the opportunity to show how our tequila can be used in cocktails um, that you can make yourself at home, also paired with different types of food. Cuervo was also involved in the Tastemade partnership in Q2 where, um, you know, they were promoting the launch of, the, of Cuervo's new Añejo tequila. So just a new variant of it, of the brand. And, Um, it was a little different than what we did with 1800, but um, the partnership included a, a competition encouraging bartenders from around the country to submit, uh, to sort of submit a Mexican-Irish mashup recipe um, using Añejo. So 
Um, in the end, there was a winner and finalists claiming cash prizes to help support bartenders amidst the, the COVID-19 lockdown. Um, so Tastemade also provided Cuervo with some, you know, custom cocktail recipe videos, which is really their bread and butter, you know, what they really do best, um, that were, we were able to promote across their social channels as well as Cuervo's, you know, social and websites and stuff. But, you know, I think this, this is actually, this one's a little different approach where, um, you know, where while it does reach consumers as well and can move the needle on consideration for consumers, it also can do that for bartenders, right? So what we call like in the liquor industry calling uh, on-premise side of, of the business for, for re uh, restaurants and uh, bars, right? So showing that, you know, getting the more, driving more awareness uh, amongst bartenders as well. So I think that was part of the targeting strategy, targeting bartenders as well. Um, so, you know, and, and just engaging them by having them submit recipes and, and do that kind of thing. So I think that was a, a kind of a different spin on how we can work with Tastemade in a little bit of a unique way. Uh, are there a lot of digital platforms that, you know, a lot of brands can be more, you know, uh, interested into switching to formats and be more uh, inclined to doing custom uh, content to be more engaging? Yeah, there is. I think, um, I mean, there's a lot, honestly, you know, there's a lot of different partners um, that we consider and work with that are creating this, this custom type of original content um, that integrate the brand in. And I think it's really just, you know, finding um, a partner that has the right voice that that's going to make sense for your brand and for your audience. So I think that all just starts with um, doing the consumer work, right? Finding out what, what really is going to, you know, capture the attention of the of the consumer you want to go after, what is gonna, what are they most interested in, right? Those passion points, and that's that's really where we start a lot of this. And um, and you know, in the past, I think with digital advertising, it was always like, what type of audience is, you know, on a website, right? You find one website, and you're like, I want to advertise there. What's your demographics? Who exactly do you reach? Who goes types in your website into the browser and goes there? So it's a little different now, right? Um, we're, we're kind of looking at content first, to be honest. It's, uh, so we're really looking at, you know, just the, the type of voice and the type of content that, that these, these publications or these websites are putting out because a lot of the times people are seeing that content first on social media and then that drives them back to the site. So it's not so important as like, as to who is going to the site. It's more important about what type of content is really going to capture people and draw them in, uh, which a lot of the times happens on social, right? So. So we kind of have to look at this whole ecosystem and how social and, and digital and streaming video, how it all kind of works together. Um, I think that's the most important thing. Do you guys have any results or, or any KPIs or anything that shows an evidence that proves that, you know, this current audience craves for this type of content that, you know, they feel connected with the brand? So, yeah, I mean, um, we... Yeah, we do. I think it's it, a lot of the times it, it comes through. I, maybe I don't have anything too specific to draw to like for Tastemade or, or right now, but we basically, you know, the brands have these these brand health trackers that they do a few, you know, these studies that they put out a few times a year. And we, we always try to, you know, of course, correlate that back to our media when we had certain partnerships live and, and, you know, always making sure kind of we're increasing some of the key metrics that they typically look at, which are usually awareness and increasing awareness and consideration depending on the brand. So um, a lot of the times this type of content we see, uh, we really want them, while it will generate awareness, um, this type of content where we're creating custom content and really 
kind of getting deeper with a specific partner like Tastemade, um, usually looking to move the needle on consideration the most, right? So how do we, they may know about, uh, I mean, in the US, Jose Cuervo is the number one tequila brand. So it's the number one selling tequila brand. So pretty much most people who at least drink alcohol, uh, drink liquor, know about Jose Cuervo. So how do we move the needle on consideration, right? They know about it, but they might not be buying it. How do we get on that list of those top couple brands that may be a go-to brand or, or a brand they're always going to consider when they step into the store? So the more they see, you know, content like Tastemade, they're going to see it being used in cocktails and see it being, oh, you can have that that goes well with this type of food and things like that. You see, it's a very versatile, um, you know, liquor. I think that that's how you really start to move the, the needle on consideration. And, you know, we've, we've have been seeing that with more partnerships we do like this um, in their brand health tractors. So, so what is the secret of uh, establishing a meaningful piece of storytelling with seamless uh, brand integration that leads to a more memorable content? I think it's finding what will add value or enhance the consumer's life in some way. And life sounds big and grand, like enhance their life, but really it's it could be one little facet of their life, you know, one little part of their day. How do you, whatever you're sharing with them, how do you, you add value to that? So rather than just kind of talking at them, Uh, with with advertising, like display banners, just kind of appearing, popping up wherever you're looking. It's really, um, you know, they, they can easily tune that out, to be honest. So so really, again, knowing their interests, their passion points um, is really key in the consumer work that we do uh, before any plan gets put together. Um, and making sure the content uh, that we're putting out there is authentic, engaging, and meaningful. Give a fuck. We'll return after this commercial break. All right, so there you have it. Commercial interruptions are not going away, but they are evolving. Whether they are in the form of interactive pre-rolls with companion banners or curated sponsored content that makes the brand almost seamless, as if it was a fly on the wall, but at least in the most effective way, that is. We know that wherever the audiences go, advertising will always be there. But this time, the audience has the power, not the brand. Audiences tolerated commercial interruptions in the past because they had no choice. But now, they do. Alright, so that's our episode. Thanks for giving a fucking listening. We'd like to give a special thanks to our guests, Stephen Fajoli and Thomas Allenbert. Please leave a comment and feedback at our website, givefuck.net. And find out more about our host agency, Havas Germany, at meaningfulbrands.com. Once again, my name is Juan Leguizimon, and until next time, keep giving a fuck. Give a fuck.